0: I'd been meaning to put up our interviews and all these other special talks uh, about catch wrestling up on some sort of uh, podcast platform. And I'd actually been looking around and um, now I think anchor.fm is uh, probably one of the best bets for you. Uh, you the inter, user interface has actually gotten much better. Um, it's free. They also have all these different tools, that, which I think work much better than they used to uh, to edit and everything so you can uh, put up a nice podcast which we'll get more into later so hopefully everything gets smoother later on Um, also they distribute your podcast for you so it shows up on Spotify, Apple, uh, Google Podcasts everything like that and you can also get sponsorships so uh, go ahead and check it out. So hello everybody. So we're here at Westside Training Center in West Los Angeles again with my esteemed guest and colleague, Dr. Meredith Sagan of the Mind Align Institute. So welcome.
1: Thank you, Dr. Ramirez. Thank you for having me back to your channel. It's a oh. pleasure to be here.
0: Yeah, well, the mm-hmm. pleasure is all mine, Thank really.
1: You.
0: Um, so we kind of want to talk about performance-enhancing drugs and uh, like who really, like why would someone feel the need? And uh, this has been in the news recently. Um, with John Jones I mean a mega MMA star um, who can virtually beat anybody anytime any you know, anywhere uh, but yet he he has tested positive for performance enhancing drugs multiple times he's also been found you know using like cocaine and you know straight up illegal drugs um, why might someone feel the need to to use like illegal and, you know, banned uh, in sport substances.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, just to be straight and direct, I've never met this person before, I've never treated them, I have just heard about him for, for, for the first time from Dr. Raul. However, what I would say is it sounds like he has an addiction. What keeps bringing people back to substances that are illicit and are bad for them on many levels is an addiction. And there are some people who truly have a physiologic, chemical dependence on substances. Um, when we look at addiction, we see it as being biopsychosocial, so a combination of biological, meaning genetics, as well as psychology and social setting. So, for someone like this, part of the criteria for addiction is that your drug use is getting in the way of your life. Obviously this man his life. He has many things in jeopardy right now. His whole career is in jeopardy He's constantly in the media yet. He keeps going back to banned substances and illegal substances so just from a superficial analysis, it sounds like he needs help for his addiction and once he's able to get off of the illicit drugs, then he'll be more a choice as to what to do Obviously, this man has a superior edge over everyone and most likely doesn't need the enhancement performing substances to win. I think it's a matter of an addiction, is what it sounds like to me.
0: So, do you think then it goes beyond where, like, someone who has the ability uh, to win, um, it might not even be like some other type of mental thing going on where? Uh, they might feel inadequate and they have to take some performance-enhancing drugs? Or do you just feel like it's, it is that whole um, maybe like genetic predisposition to addiction mm. that he might have?
1: Mm-hmm. After almost 20 years in the field, it's very interesting. I have come to the conclusion that much of what we consider mental and under our control is actually physical, physiologic, and not very much under our control. So for someone that has a true addiction that's ruining their lives, the power of that substance to keep calling someone back to it is vast. It is very challenging for someone through mind over matter alone to conquer an addiction. This is why we have billions of dollars invested in rehab centers and in substance use treatment, substance use disorder treatment, is because it's very challenging to overcome an addiction. So if this were just a mental issue alone, if the mind could actually overcome the problem, then someone like this would say to themselves, pure logic, oh, if I continue to do this, I could lose my career, my reputation's on the line, and so forth, and just stop. But for someone like this, there's a physiologic pull that keeps this person coming back over and over and over again to the substance. That's the definition of, of addiction. We can't just say it's mental because obviously it defies logic of why someone would continue this behavior with so much to lose. So obviously there's more going on here. It's very physical as well.
0: Do you think there's any like help for these types of people
1: there is absolutely help. There is a lot of help. We have a lot of treatment centers, rehab centers, uh, therapists, addictionologists. There's a lot of help. However, the main hurdle is for someone to identify that they actually need help. For someone like this, he is probably rationalizing or justifying the substance use as needing to keep the edge oh, I need to have the edge, therefore I need to use cocaine, I need to use steroids, I've got to have it. But truly, most likely what's happening is that mental need is being driven by a physiologic addiction that keeps him coming back for more. Cocaine is highly addictive. I'm not sure about the steroids, in terms of their physio- building a physiologic dependence, I know that they do, in terms of a mental addiction of needing them to perform however, we can obviously say that that seems to be happening here.
0: Mm. Oh, really interesting, so do you, uh, m- like say if there's someone out there who uh, might be good friends with uh, uh, an athlete and you know that they might be using some type of performance enhancing drugs um, is there any way that these people could like, encourage or, or support their, their friend to not do such things or, or to get them out of that, that habit or would it just be all professional help? Mm-hmm.
1: I would say when you first are concerned that you have a loved one, a friend, or a colleague who may have an addiction, um, there are a lot of things that people can do on an outpatient level. Of course, one of the most well-known is AA, Alcoholics Anonymous, they also have NA, and pretty much everything else in between for any kind of addiction that you can imagine. The reason why these are the first stop, so to speak, these outpatient groups, is because it's well known that when that when people put themselves into a sober environment, it's much easier to stay sober if you have sober community. If you stay around who you've always been around and they're using steroids or what cocaine, whatever it is that they're using to enhance their performance, so to speak, it's much harder to quit. So going to that level would be the first stop However, even prior to that, someone needs to recognize there's a problem. They have to be willing to give it up. In the case of someone like this uh, sports celebrity, he very well, again, I've never met him, I don't know him, but just looking at common psychology, he might not be willing to even admit there is an addiction because then he would have to quit. And the addiction, there's two things going against him the physiological dependence of the addiction, as well as the fear-based mindset that he might not win if he were to quit. So for someone like this, even crossing the great divide to get into a meeting like AA might be impossible. In that case, the only thing that can work is an intervention, and when that doesn't work, the only thing that can work are natural consequences for the person who's using substances. So for example, this person, his natural consequence may be that he may be banned from playing his sport. That's a massive consequence. Maybe that will get his attention to convince him he has an issue and bring him in for treatment.
0: Oftentimes I hear people say, well, uh, I think everyone's everyone's using some kind of performance-enhancing drug, so uh, I'm I'm gonna use, you know, like uh, what kind of what, like, what kind of mindset is that, where it's almost like, a, they're like, well, everyone's doing this, so I'm gonna do it, uh, and what might deter someone from even going along that path where it's like, they just accept that this might be the way it is and not necessarily then try to, try to be a clean athlete. I mean, because mm-hmm. you can be a clean athlete and still beat people, you know, so.
1: Right, right, good question, very good question and I would say that the answer is who are you winning for? If you're winning for yourself, if you're in a competition which is for yourself to see how good you can be your best time, that you're constantly bringing the competition back to competing with you, then you won't be as concerned because you're going to be your same self continually upping your game substance-free. However, If what you really want is to prove yourself that you're better tougher stronger because you think that you're more valuable if you perform better and win if you've linked your value as a person with your performance then most likely you're going to use to keep up with the Joneses however if you're okay with losing you know say that the guy you're 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 matched with is on steroids and you don't want to go there you're going to play clean then it's up to you to have healthy competition with yourself knowing you may not win over this guy who's doing steroids, but that's not your point anyway. Your point is to be the best match against yourself as you can be and to continue to keep straight and play it clean while you keep upping your game. That's the direction I would go. And then trying to find a dojo, a training space where you know it's not accepted there and you can just go have a good time substance free. That's ideal.
0: Yeah, yeah I, and I agree, and I think that it, it's not like, say like a performance enhancing drug, a lot of times what it does is maybe it helps you to repair faster, or, or you know, so in that, in turn, it might help you to get stronger muscles, or, but it doesn't necessarily make your joint locks better, or, you know, it doesn't make your technique better, per se. You have to actually be doing the repetitions with those techniques to actually get better at them. Um, sure, you might say, like, well, if you take a steroid, it might... It might decrease the amount of time uh the amount of repair time so you could be training more frequently but there's other ways to do that naturally you know so like even eating more um more like fruits and vegetables like anti-inflammatory foods that will also help you to repair faster so and they're, they're very very healthy right so um there are ways to get in a lot of training time a lot of repetitions without resorting to uh these other artificial means of upping your your training
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, well there there's so many ways to enhance your performance other than using steroids or other types of drugs But at the end of the day it all comes back to who are you training for? Who are you fighting for who are you living for who are you, yeah, Who are you living your life for? Because if you're living your life for anyone else other than yourself To have your own self master your own best personal performance it will always fail because there will always be a next standard and someone who's outperforming you so if you're living for being the best over everyone else because you want to prove yourself that you're valuable in the eyes of the world it just is bound to fail it has a half-life eventually it's going to burn out the only thing that works is doing it for yourself Living your life to the fullest because you value yourself. You just want to feel good because it just feels good to win It feels fun to win. It feels good to feel vital and alive and challenged and have a purpose and a passion You're doing it for you. I'd say at the end of the day That's the only thing that I know of that works. I don't know if you've heard of this But in China there's been a rash of deaths recently of very uh, of, I don't know if you call them athletes but they're these high-intensity, ultra-extremists who will climb buildings uh, to go to the very top, they'll hike out on the antenna, they'll walk out and get the selfie taken, and they'll they'll literally fall to their death to get the best picture. In fact, there was a hiker the other day, she was hiking in bikinis in sub-zero freezing weather, she fell off the cliff in her bikini, she couldn't get help. 24 hours later, she passed away. People will go to absolute extremes for attention, to look good. They will f- go to their death over it. So we know it's a dead end road. There will always be someone winning better or faster or being more extreme. The question is, how is it contributing to your own quality of life internally? How do you feel with you? Because that's just a rat race and a hamster wheel to be doing it for other people. The key is doing it for you, even if you don't win, that's okay.
0: Oh, brilliant point. Um, so, if anybody has any other questions uh, for Dr. Sagan, please make sure that you write them in the comments below. Um, do you have a website that people can look you up at?
1: Yes, you can find us at drsagan.com or mindaligninstitute.com. At the Mind Align Institute, we have more resources to learn about stress reduction, natural stress reduction, and how to feel good naturally.
0: Wonderful. Thank you for talking with us.
1: Thank you for having me here today. We'll see you next time.
0: Yes. All right. Thanks for watching.